Hello and welcome to another instalment of the Europeans Football Show with me, Jack Brooks, and my two co-hosts, Joel Holt and Marcus Savage, who are going to be sat quietly in the background for this intro this week. We're at the time of recording, we're on an international break. So what that has done is given us the chance to not only branch out away from Europe to try somewhere different um, for our podcast this week, but also gives us a great chance to bring our first special guest episode uh, to the fore. And with that, we are taking a trip into Asia and we are looking at the Japanese, the J1 League. And there's no better person that we can think of to join us as our first special guest as an Asian football writer, Charlotte Patterson. Charlotte, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm buzzing. Are you looking forward to it? I am, yeah. Um, it was great when you uh, sort of reached out to message me. It was a, a surprise, but excited to, to chat Asian football in J League. Well, you've um you've got quite a very impressive following on social media and Twitter in particular um, from your page. Obviously, your your website. If anyone hasn't seen it yet, I've 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 read some of the pieces that Charlotte's wrote, and it's very very good. It's lost in translation, which covers it's not just the the big Asian countries. You go to places that I didn't even know were Asian. Um, it's just absolutely incredible. So I, I really, if you're listening, recommend checking out Lost in Translation. Um, but yeah, I, I can't, I can't wait to, to to visit Japan. And is this out of all the Asian leagues, is Japan one of the more sort of focused on that, that you that you have? Yeah, so I've always had sort of a, a general interest in, in Asia as a continent as a whole for quite some time. I mean, it started off with I was just really interested in sort of Asian culture and Asian history. And then I've always kind of kept an eye on Asian football, but it's only sort of in the last maybe three to four years that it's kind of evolved from that. And um, J-League sort of one of those that I've just become really attached to. Oh, um, it was a great sort of community and, and fan base, like presence on, on social media, you know, people are really welcoming and just the games, like the energy that it brings. And not only that, but like the availability to, to watch the games and follow the games um, from here in the UK, like um, the J-League YouTube channel shows a lot of games for like free um, and sort of free sports and premier sports here in the UK show a lot of games. So it's easy to sort of follow along. That's a great point. I had no idea, actually, because when we sort of discussed about you coming on, instantly there was me being sort of naive as if to say, oh, you know, us three actually watch our games on Scout. Don't know if you've got that, blah, blah, blah. And instantly, without me even saying that, Charlotte, you had given me absolute loads of info, messages. Here's the timings of the games. This is what channel you can watch it on. It's absolutely um, superb. Um, and do you know what? I, I don't know about you, Joel Marcus. I can bring you in now um, to the podcast, but... I was really quite pleasantly surprised with the Japanese style of play. Joel, what about you? Yeah, uh, I certainly quite quite enjoyed it. Obviously, um, quite quite tricky, isn't it? As we're focusing on sort of players who are twenty three and under, there's a lot of aging and sort of veterans, um, sort of former Premier League stars have, have gone over there. So it's quite good to, to see them. But yeah, in terms of in terms of the football sort of playing out from the back, um, attractive mm. in, in many ways. Which um, yeah, I know normally sort of lump lump football, don't I? Straight to your <laughs> to your number nine, knock it down, look for your Lukaku. But actually, I do appreciate good football, and that was good to see in in Japan. Yeah, I agree. Marco, what do you think? Yeah, I... So, basically, the, the game that I had was... Um, I won't say the teams yet, but it's first play, first versus seventh. And it's just so open. The game's all the time. Very much like when we covered um, Bundesliga 2, 
mm. in a way that chance creation <laughs> is just like it's so exciting to watch and it is from a, from a young player's perspective we'll, like we'll come to it later but is i mean that's not there are, there is some young talent in there we've now i've managed to find five for my yeah. fantasy yeah. football but that like just how how open like it's end to end but it's good it's exciting it's, i i've only watched these two teams to be honest i've not followed any other like this is why this is so good is because we were able to go to i would never have thought about watching um j league before i haven't didn't really know much about it but if anyone wants to watch just it's, it's a if you're a betting man it's going to be the hardest thing to bet on because it's so it's so open all the time do you know what, um i found as well um which I don't know, you'll, I mean, you'll be the person to ask, Charlotte, the, the time difference between the two countries. What I found is when I was looking through the fixtures, how brilliant some of the timings are in terms of our time to watch them. They're like 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning, completely away from, if you, if you took a really good, you know, keen interest in some Asian football, like, I'd like to think I will follow it for a bit now. Before all of the English stuff kicks off, you can get a game or two in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, there's the majority of games, like you're right, uh, kick off around sort of nine, ten o'clock. I mean, there is the odd occasion where there'll be a game on if it's like midday in Japan. Obviously, it's about five o'clock our time. Um, so it is early. But yeah, I mean, if on a weekend, if you want to get some football in before sort of all the European leagues start, um, J-League's a great league to sort of to catch up on. And, and like you said, like um, in terms of its style, like I love it just because it's so attack minded. You know, you're not really going to watch many J League games that finish nil nil. They're going to be sort of high scoring, like thrillers and quite mm. exciting and energetic as well. Uh, do you know what it reminded me of when I watched it actually? Is it, it reminded me of the Eredivisie in Holland in the sense that it, maybe it's just the game I watched, but both teams, I thought that the actual speed of the game was quite slow. Um, and there was really good technical play. You could see that they tried to build through the back, but there wasn't like a, an English high rough press where the opposition would get in their faces and try and, and, and you know, disrupt. They almost sort of allowed it to happen. They were quite passive. Um, but that kind of football is what I personally uh, quite enjoy. I really thought it was... Um, if you if you could have asked me before doing the research on it, what country would I have thought the, the Japanese would have played like? I wouldn't have said the Dutch, you know, the, the Eredivisie or something like that. But that's definitely the sort of style I thought it, it was similar to. Um, is there, does everyone feel fairly comfortable with some Asian football trivia, Marco? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I, I no no I I don't. What I've done here. In answer, yeah, there's a short answer for you. No, in answer, so, no, I don't. It, I would say if we were to uh, to to sort of weigh this up and do do an odds list, Charlotte, you have to be uh, favourite for this one. And Marco, regardless of how confident you are with Joel's pronunciation going into Japan, I think Marco, you're probably second favourite. Actually, yeah, might... I, I, yeah, over Joel, I fancy myself. But actually, I, Charlotte, does is there like? In terms, I'm not sure if anyone else. I don't, I wouldn't know many people who are potentially clued up on the questions that you have to ask. But is that what is the following like of Asian football in this country? Is there quite a lot of it? Um. Yeah. I mean, I suppose in the last sort of year, I've noticed there's been a, a lot more following. Um. I, th I think it's one of those that you don't maybe notice it if unless you're sort of looking for it. But there's quite a few people who I follow on social media who are sort of um obviously English people who are following J League or there's people there's English people who live 
there now in Japan and follow the games. Um, but it mm. seems to be growing sort of year on year. And I think it's kind of like what I mentioned before that I think being able to access the games and watch them is a lot easier now. Um, yeah. So especially, you know, during the pandemic when there wasn't a lot of European football being played, I think sort of J-League and a few Asian leagues were sort of the only ones that were going at the time. So I think they kind yeah. of brought in a higher audience then. Um, yeah. Over the time you've watched Asian football, Charlotte, have you ever tried to learn any of the languages? Uh, yeah, I'm actually trying to learn Japanese at the moment. Very Really? Yeah, I've got like um, Duolingo and a few sort of yeah, yeah. books and things. It is hard, but, you know, just sort of basic words I can get there. But um, I'm hoping to go to Japan next year, actually, to go and watch football. Um, I kind of want to go to the, the Kansai region of Japan. So there's like uh, Kyoto, uh, Gamba, Cerezo and Vissel Kobe and kind of do a bit of ground hopping to watch like lots of football. So my idea is to try and learn at least a little bit of Jap- Japanese before I go over, just so I'm not completely sort of ignorant and asking everybody oh. to speak English for me. For those, for, those who have, for those who I've actually met have been to Japan, well, I've been to Tokyo, but I'm sure it's, it's the same elsewhere. But apparently it's like stepping into another world. It's like it's like going thirty years into the future. Mm. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of diverse everywhere you go, but yeah, especially like I, I know a few people who live in Tokyo, and yeah, it's just like everything, yeah. like technology wise, and like even just high speed trains, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've seen I've seen uh, one of these. It's definitely an, an Asian city where, like you see in Piccadilly Circus, is it? You know the 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 billboardy type, the, uh, the electrical billboard. It's like 3D. You see these things and it's like cars. You absolutely are just looking at a building, but it's like the car's just coming out of the building onto the road. It's so further advanced. And also, I'm sure this is Asian and the country's going to slip my mind. I don't know if it's... I'm not going to say and embarrass myself, but there is a place um, who have just got the most futuristic city, which is just all green, all like trees. It's definitely Asian. I don't know if you know it, Charlotte. It's going to bug me because it's not one of the big Asian countries. I'm sure of it. It's yeah. It's- sorry, we, we appreciate Charlotte. You aren't a, a Asian <laughs> travel agent. You are you're more of a football writer, but really yeah. testing your knowledge on anything yeah. that isn't football as well. No, well, I was thinking it could potentially be Singapore because I know that's that exactly it. That's exactly it. Airport. I've never been to it, but it looks like a whole shopping center. It's huge and just like it's got a waterfall in it, and yeah. It- that is spot on, see, Marcus. I knew I was asking the right person that question. It is amazing. Singapore. Just um, quickly, back visit, to visit Singapore. I was just okay. going to ask Charlotte. Um, the J League, obviously, you said about the increased following over here, but what about in Japan? So, obviously, I know their national sport is baseball. Um, mm. How big is, is the J League in, um, yeah, in Japan? Yeah, I think it's something that's continuing to grow sort of each year. Um, again, sort of it's more accessible. I think it's becoming sort of a lot more family orientated as well. So there's a kind of a lot of packages, like ticket packages in place where, you know, obviously people can go like with the, the partner and the children and they've got sort of um, lots of food stalls outside. Um, obviously, it has been a bit subdued the last year um, because of COVID. Um, there was a time where fans weren't allowed in and then it was reduced capacity. I think at the moment, depends on where you are in Japan, but the most sort of overly populated areas are having to only have sort of reduced capacity again. Uh, but no, it seems to have a good following. I mean, I don't think it's quite on the stages of rivaling sort of baseball, um, mm. but it's certainly sort of getting a lot of attention. Um, and especially I think on a sort of continental level, obviously um, sort of in the 
Champions League, the Asian Champions League, a lot of Japanese teams do quite well in that front. And then the Japan national team as well are doing quite mm. well. I mean, they did lose the other day to uh, oh man, but, you know. Tough on that. I noticed that I didn't, I didn't realise that the... What what we know is the J League is is actually the J One League. There's there's their sort of Premier League's twenty teams in there, but the J Two has twenty two as well. So it's mm-hmm. not like you go to your Belgiums and your Hollands and there's twelve. You, there's all sorts of different countries European that we that we've been to, which has minimal teams to watch. But twenty twenty in the Prem, twenty two in in the J Two, and there's another fifteen in the J Three. So it's it's um it is big, isn't it, in terms of teams to to follow? Do you follow? Do you follow any in particular that you've got real soft spot for? Yeah, uh, so I follow um, a team called Kyoto Sanga that play in J2. Um, they're currently second in the league and they're trying to get promotion. I think there's maybe about 12 games left of the season. Um, it's very sort of tight up the top. I think I think realistically they probably will get promoted. But yeah, I do spend like a lot of time watching sort of J2 and um, occasionally watching some J3 games as well. Um, Obviously, the one that gets the majority of the sort of that's publicized and shown on TV is the sort of J1 games. But um, on Bet365, you're able to kind of watch pretty much any kind of Asian league most of the time. So. And, and, and out of the 20 in the J1, four go down, don't they? So if, if you say this, is it right? Four go down? Yeah, um, so usually it would only be um, two that would go down. But okay. because of COVID last year, they didn't oh. relegate anybody from J1. So they promoted two teams up from J2 um, and didn't relegate anybody. So this year, four teams will go down and only two come up. Ah, well done for clarifying. Um, glad I asked. Two go up automatically, two get relegated automatically. And then between, there's like a promotion relegation playoff yeah, between yeah. Sort of whoever's 16th, 17th in J1 mm-hmm. versus whoever's sort of gets through the playoffs in the J2. It is a bit confusing, but yeah. It's not easy like that. Impacted, so... It's uh, four straight for relegation and for automatic promotion from J2. Love it. Uh, love it. Right. Let's do some trivia. Um, this is the way it's going to work. I've got four questions each for you three. And I believe I've tried to do this so they get progressively harder. I do think they are fairly easy to start with. I'm going to read you um, the Wikipedia page of an Asian footballer. They could be past or present. It's Even if they are past, it's not very far past. Um, so I will tell you the clubs they played for in order, uh, how many appearances they had and how many goals they scored. And like I said, four each. And I do have a tie-break question, um, if that's the case. So I'm going to say ladies first, Charlotte, no pressure. But <laughs> question number one, and um, player number one is... This could be any Asian player, not just Japanese here. Uh, Kyoto Purple Sanga, 76 games, 11 goals. If at any stage you want to just speed things up and you think, I don't need to hear the rest of it and just dive in and then crack on. Uh, He then went to PSV and played 65 games and scored 13 goals. Then went to Manchester United, played 134 games and 19 goals. Then went to Queen's Park Rangers, 20 games and zero goals and finished his career at the loan spout back at PSV. 23 games, two goals. Park Chi Sung. Oh, <laughs> good start. You, Joel, do you got that? 
Yeah, that was probably one of the only ones I would have got. So, uh, yeah, so Charlotte's got that one. I'm definitely going to get no points now. No, no, um, no Joel, listen, I'm going to go to you next because yeah. I feel like I've left the absolute easiest for you. Just to oh, get I think it is. I think it, I think it could be a Southampton <laughs> player. There's two no, Southampton No, 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 you haven't uh, got him. Great. Uh, right, Joel, Joel, question one for you. <laughs> oh, no. Hamb- Hamburg, 73 games, 20 goals. By Leverkusen, 62 games, 21 goals. Tottenham Hotspur, 200 games, 72 goals. Oh, Son, Sonny boy. Well done. Well done. You're, on the, you're off the board. There's going to be at least one point. Well done, mate. Marcus. I didn't know it was, didn't know it was at Hamburg. Interesting. No, do you know what? I don't think I did. Anyway, Mark. Could we give the country of origin of this player as well? Could you uh, give the... It depends how much you're struggling, to be honest. I'll give you half yeah. a point if you ask for their nationality. Okay, I'll do that. Uh, Marcus, I might get the pronunciation wrong for this one. I think it's Cerezo Osaka, or Cerezo Osaka, 125 games, 55 goals. Then he went to Borussia Dortmund, 49 games, 21 goals. Then Manchester United, 38. Got it. Got it. Is it Shinji Kagawa? It is Shinji Kagawa. 1-1-1. There's the the easy easy round down. I wouldn't have got that. That's good. (laughs) Good effort. You know what? That one had me jumped as well yeah <laughs> oh well oh, come on he's a guy i love yeah. I, I thought it's very underrated but shinji by, kagawa by the way is a number eight or ten 55 goals in 125 games and then nearly one every two at dortmund that's unbelievable yeah, yeah he's very underrated very yeah. underrated. yeah player uh right question number two Paul Charlotte, sorry i was just gonna say i think kagawa is it palk in um you're, in greece you're at- yeah, you're absolutely spot on. Five appearances is what he's done so far without scoring. Uh, no bonus point for that one. No tough luck. <laughs> Next, question number two. Um, oh, I nearly said his name. Uh, Maccabi Haifa, 130 games, 55 goals. Then went to Racing Santander, 101 appearances, 21 goals. Then come over to England, West Ham, 63 games, 8 goals. Then Liverpool, 92 games, 18 goals. Then Chelsea, 14 games, one goal. Then had loan spells with Arsenal and West Ham, totaling 25 appearances, four goals. Queen's Park Rangers, 16 games, three goals. And then went back to Maccabee Haifa for 55 games, 11 goals. Oh, we could be stumped. I know. Could... I don't know about this one. Do you know, it's one of those where... It might be, uh, if, if we give the nationality and go to half point, it might be the, the you know, the what helps. So, you, you, do you think you can get it at one point? No, I don't. So, he's, he's Israeli. <laughs> Had spells, West Ham, Liverpool. He's one of those, he's one of those questions. He's an answer to a load of popular questions who would have... I can't think of his full name, and I don't even know if it's him, but is it Ben something? Ben? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You'll see. I can't think of his name. <laughs> Didn't he wear number, where's number 15? I think he was notorious number 15. He'd play, wouldn't he? Long hair. Yeah. 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 I can't think of his full name. <laughs> Go on, lads, what of you want to take it? Ben Ayun, you'll see Ben Ayun. Ben Ayun, yeah, you were absolutely right. Just couldn't get the name. Yeah, Israeli, so uh, you will give him a pass on that. It's not, not really uh, Japan. Okay, over to who was next? Was it you, Joel? Yeah. So, yeah. Joel, here we go. Yeah. Shimizu S Pulse, 
121 games, 42 goals. Then Stuttgart, 63 games, 10 goals. Congratulations, you sit there. Mines, 65 games, 27 goals. Then Leicester, 114 games, 14 goals, Premier League winner. Then Huesca, 62 games, 13 goals. And he's currently at Cartagena. Hasn't played. Oh, is he? Hmm. Hmm. Thought you'd like that one. Yeah, it's good, but it hasn't helped. Leicester, 114 <laughs> games. Asian footballer, yeah? Yes, mate. Yeah. If you Leicester. want the nationality to drop oh. to a half point. Oh, you can I see him. Just, I can he see him. Striker. He's the yes, striker, right. isn't he? Oh, I liked him. I really liked him. I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone didn't like him. Yeah, yeah I, right. I, I don't think anyone. I can see him, but I, is it something like Kagawa? It's something <laughs> like that. Funny you say that because he's got the, wrong. He's got the same first name. Has if he? it helps. Yeah. yeah. I, can you remember that? No, I, I know I know who you mean, but I'm, I could be here all day. I'm not I'm not going to get it. So Charlotte, have you got it? Yeah. Go on. It's uh, Shinji Okazaki. Yeah, right. I would, would why, one name. of my favorite favorite lessons. Honestly, the happiest the happiest footballer, and just outright, I imagine top bloke. Yeah. Just a yeah, great guy. Yeah, you would like to have him with you. Well done. Sad um, day when he left. Sad day when he <laughs> left Leicester. Marcus, this is one that Joel wanted. Uh, Grampus 8, 71 games, 5 goals. VVV Venlo, 54 games, 5 goals. Southampton, 154 games, 6 goals. And is currently at Sampdoria, 48 games, 1 goal. Joel's ready. <laughs> <laughs> what a Southampton's I... best players. What a, what a man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The pleasure of interviewing. I, to be honest, before. I'm I'm drawing an absolute blank. I can see I'm never going. Can, can I have the nationality for half point? But I I don't think I'm going to get this one. Japanese, and he's the captain of Japan. Yeah. Oh, uh, centre back. What's his name? You'll, you, you'll find him on the FIFA covers every year. Yeah, you? yeah. He's is his centre half. What is his yeah, name? Yeah. The pressure of the podcast has got me again. Oh <laughs> no! I used to sing. Does it begin with them? It does. His first name does. Yeah. My, 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 my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh... No, I'm passing it over. Charlotte, yeah, take it pass away. Pass it over. Yeah. Oh, and suppose Joel here wanted it though. No, we don't. No, we don't give it. <laughs> don't to worry Joel. about me. He's don't worry about me. Fan. Lifelong suffering Saints fan. Your week. <laughs> I actually can't remember his first name, but it's uh, Yoshida. Yeah. Ah, my Yoshida. My Yoshida. My Yoshida. Joel. What a boy. I see you in the Saint Mary's down. terraces singing that. Yeah. Um, no, wins everything. Yeah. Once again, very underrated centre half, hardworking centre half. Yeah. I don't uh, want to get rid of him, but there you go. Yeah. Strange yeah. one. Anyway, uh, Charlotte, back to you. Uh, next player, FC Tokyo, fifty-one games, twenty-three goals. Then went to Mines, sixty-six games, twenty goals. Newcastle. 25 games, one goal. Then he had a lone spell at Ibar, 26 games, one goal. And is currently at Vissel Cove. Uh, Yoshimori Muto. Absolutely correct. It is uh, Yoshinori Muto. Well done, Sharda. That brings you up to loads of points because you've been stealing. Now, Joel. Yeah. Are you ready? Born ready. FC Seoul. 64 games, seven goals. Celtic, 66 Ooh. games, nine goals. 
Swansea, Ooh. 139 games, 12 goals. Lone spell at Sunderland, 27 games, 3 goals. Newcastle, 21 games, 0 goals. And is currently at FC Seoul again, 11 games, 3 goals. Yeah, I recognise him. But again... He was good. He was good. I This he is a, good, a very underrated him. player. Mm, I can picture him. I, I don't know his name. Is it something like Yong or Song? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. In, in that. Yong in that, Song. In Song Yong. Song Yong? You're Song missing Yong. out. Something. Do you, know, do you know what, Joel? I feel like I should give, it, give him it because he's, I'm he's surprised. got two free. I'm surprised that you've got this. So I well done. Need to have a look at this guy now. Yeah, yeah, Joel, what's his full name? It's, it's Key Sung Young. Key Sung Young. Yeah. He was good. So well, once again, I, I do remember this him. Is every every player that we've said, well, most players we've said, I've said are underrated. Yeah, are yeah. Japanese yeah. are just Japanese <laughs> footballers just solely underrated. Yeah, because they are. I think they are. What? I think Japanese yeah, football is yes. not getting the credit it deserves. I agree. Mm. Uh, Marcus, this one is... Uh, I'm going to say this is our last one because I want us to uh, just talk about some football. Is uh, This player it was at Al Mudaibi, I believe. 35 games, zero goals. Then he went to Lynn Oslo. 62 games, no goals. Then went to Bolton Wanderers. 10 games, no goals. Wigan Athletic. 136, no goals. Reading, 78, no goals. Al Hilal, 34, no goals, and finished his career at West Brom, no appearances, no goals. Why would he have no goals? <laughs> um, probably because he's a keeper, I guess. Um, or just a terrible finisher. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you go through the Premier League clubs again? Or was it ever Premier League? Bolton, Wig- Bolton Wigan, Reading. Reading was in the champ. Awesome. Reading. So it's got it's cut, and they, these are all when and the others were so like Wigan and Bolton were in the Prem at the time. Yep. Got one. Does his name begin with N? No. Ah, okay. Then Does I do anyone not know, know it. it. No, there was a Bolton. There was a Bolton player um, called Nakata, but that was a. Uh, that's it. That's all I've got. Yeah, do you know what? Well done for knowing that because I forgot Nakata went there and he would have been in my last round of questioning. He was the, the boy, wasn't he? But um, yeah, right. The, the nationality for this player, for anyone, if it helps anyone, is, is from Oman. Um, he got like 130 something caps, goalkeeper, just there for ages. Um, for some reason, I thought he was maybe Saudi Arabian or something like this. But either way, quite a good goalkeeper, you know, really, he had a good career. Bogdan. Um, Bogdan? No. Uh, well, for the for the listeners to to uh, to hear the answer, it looks like all three are struggling. It's Ali Al Habzi. Ah, mm. yeah, of course. Forgot about Ali. Al- I haven't yeah. thought about Ali Al Habzi for for years. What player? Why would you? I don't know. <laughs> just just occasionally think of old players, but yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, Charlotte wins. Unlucky lads. Well done, Charlotte. Thought so. You've Thought so. Yeah, you were the hot favourite and you lived up to the bidding. So congratulations. Good round. Now, hey Jack, great round. You've done that was a good good lot of research you've done there. Yeah, do you know what? It actually it was hard. Well, well done, team. Moving on uh, to the main piece. 
the games that we took in, um, it was actually of not the weekend just gone, but the one before that, as obviously uh, the Japanese teams have also broke for international break. We will kick off with the expert. Charlotte, would you do the honour of telling us about the game that you took in? Yeah, so uh, the game that I watched was Yokohama F Marinos against Kashima Antlers, um, which ended up being 2-0 to Kashima Antlers. Um, it was actually quite a surprise result, really, because um, Yokohama Marinos are currently second in the league and they're really chasing Kawasaki for that title. So I thought mm. that this would be a game that they really wouldn't want to lose, especially with Kashima being in fourth. Um, but it was a really good game. Um, it was Ryotara Arakari who... Um, I focused on he's a, a 19 year old um, he plays sort of he's very flexible actually so he can play he's played right wing he's played at the right of midfield he's played left wing um, but in this game he's kind of utilised as a centre forward and that's sort of where he's been played the last uh, couple of fixtures um, he got a goal in the 15th minute after um, scoring a brilliant header from across and um, he just looks like an incredibly talented player. I think he's definitely somebody who's on the up in Japan um, and somebody to sort of keep an eye on. Um, his technical ability and his skills are fantastic. I mean, you'll see him out on the wing and he'll try to take players on either by feign into the left or feign at the right. He'll do cutbacks. Uh, he loves a good give and go on the wing. Um, he's not afraid to sort of take shots on from outside the box. He's not afraid to shoot with his left, shoot with his right, shoot with his head. Um, he's got sort of he's played I think 25 times this season so far in the league uh, he's got nine goals and six assists um, nice. in all competitions he's got 11 goals and um, nine assists I think so he's certainly somebody who I'll be keeping my eye on he's got caps for Japan's under 16 team but he hasn't quite yet sort of breached into the, the senior side um, but yeah he's just an incredibly sort of talented player and to put in sort of that kind of performance against um Yokohama Marinos, especially because uh, Kevin Muscat's just taken over from Ange Postacoglu, who's gone to Celtic. Yeah, um, yeah. And Marinos are very much attack-minded, attack-focused. They've got some incredible players, so to keep it to sort of a clean sheet against them as well is just fantastic. It was a, a really entertaining game. Um, Marinos had their own chances, but um, Kashima were just too clinical in front of goal. We've... Um... With Yokohama, like you said, they would have been expecting a victory. If you look at their form, it's literally one, 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 draw, one, 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 one. Uh, and like you said, um, that's a very, yeah, very strange result. He's 19, isn't he? Yeah, uh, Atari, 19. that you're on about. It's incredible. No, Raki, sorry. Um, do you, what do you think about Kevin Muscat? Because, um, interestingly, he's just known in this country for being an absolute. For, well, I use for a better word, a thug really yeah. on the pitch. He was absolutely like people think about Vinnie Jones being a hard man in this country. Muscat was violent. He he would not play three games a year in England now because he'd be banned for the rest. Oh, no. What does his football teams play like? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even like to think how many red cards he had. I mean, I remember him sort of when he was at um, Millwall and then obviously when um, he played for like Melbourne Victory and he was at Palace and Rangers, I think, as well. But um, as a manager, he's a lot more calm. Obviously, he's not playing the game. No. Um, but kind of at the moment, he's taken on sort of a similar philosophy that Postacoglu left, which is like a tap-minded football, um, constantly looking to pressure the sort of defenders, looking to sort of play down the wings. Um, it's, it's hard to say sort of whether that's 
it, what what he's kind of taken on at Marinos because obviously yeah. that was what Postacoglu was doing and I think he's still quite early into his tenure at Marinos. So, I mean, obviously they are still in good form and they are still trying to chase Kawasaki for that title, but it, it's too early to say as of yet sort of how he is as a manager because you don't know what yeah. is part of the work that uh, Ange has done and what's the work that, that Kevin's done. I mean, in, in a good sense, you know, he's not changed anything too drastically to sort of ruin sort of what Postacoglu had going for Marinos before he left. So, uh, but I don't think he's, I haven't followed Muscat too much, but I know he, he had like a stint managing in Belgium, which I yeah. don't think that's successful. Um, so it, it's early days, but I suppose we'll sort of see how it plays out, especially if they can continue to push Kawasaki because um, they lost sort of their first game of the season the other day, Kawasaki. And um, last year they won the league by 18 points. So it was wow. sort of straight so out the Yes, so these two teams at the top are 15 points clear of third. So it's like you said, it's just someone breaking away from the pack to go and hunt them down. Interestingly, um, and I suppose the research marries up now, talking of Postacoglu, um, he's really impressed me at Celtic in the early stages. And when I was looking in the top scorers in this league, it's currently um, through Hashi, who's still top scorer. And I'm assuming, obviously he's hit the ground running at Celtic. I'm assuming that Postacoglu has took him with him. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, Postacoglu would have known a lot about Furuhashi from when sort of Marinos would have played against Kobe. I mean, Furuhashi, I mean, he only really burst onto the scenes in J-League about sort of two, three years ago. He was playing with Gifu, who were in J2 at the time, and then he got um, bought by Kobe. And, you know, at first he wasn't quite used as much, and then he just kind of broke into the team. He was mainly deployed as sort of um, a left winger, but um, sort of at the start of this season with um, Iniesta being injured, he got sort of put in sort of forward position and he was, he's just been fantastic. I mean, it says something that he's still top goal scorer. Yeah. The fact that he's been gone for like maybe a month or two now. And, and he's already got about eight in Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's a fantastic player. And I think that, I mean, we kind of mentioned about it sort of um, before we started recording, but in Japan, it, you don't kind of really see young players do well until they reach sort of maybe around 23, 24. Mm. Um, it's hard to sort of say why that is. I mean, they do certainly lean on veteran players and experienced players. I mean, the, you've still got King Kazu who plays for Yokohama FC and he's <laughs> absolutely insane. I mean, he still has a good goal in him every now and then, but he can't quite <laughs> to the pace. But um, I mean, in Japan, they've got this sort of program, this thing in place which is called the designated special players and basically uh, every club can sign on like three young prospects and what they'll do is sort of these 18 90 year olds will join the club they'll train with the first team they'll get some game time and then whilst they're doing that they're also at university so they're kind of getting that education at the same time they play wow. for the university side and then sort of once three years have passed if they're doing well with the sort of the training then they'll get brought into the first team which is why we see a lot of players like Furuhashi and uh, Karol Matoma who's just been signed by Brighton well he's gone out on loan to yeah. Belgium uh, he was a, a designated special player so he was at university while he trained with Kawasaki and then he only came into the sort of the limelight last year and already got a move to Europe so it's kind of a, a lot more of a late development in Japan, really, with a lot of That's young That's incredible. Players. But obviously, yeah. then if it that doesn't work out, they'll have something behind them. Yeah, which I think is quite, you know, useful because obviously, you know, um, footballers' career is very short when you think about it. I mean, people mm. consider 30 to be old. Um, so yeah. it's kind of you've got plans for when you retire or if you have to take 
early retirement because you're injured or say if you don't make it because with the, the rule there's no guarantee that the clubs will take keep that player on but at least if you've got a degree in something and football doesn't work out then you've got something to fall back on so it's actually quite a sort of um, helpful and beneficial sort of thing that they've implemented really but like I said I think that's maybe why you don't really see many young players in J-League and you yeah. only kind of see these players break out when they're sort of 23, 24. Love it. That's some serious knowledge. Uh, thanks, Charlotte. Right, Marco, do you want to run us through uh, what you took in? Yep. So I had, so we've mentioned Kawasaki, uh, the league leaders. They're actually doing quite well to lose their lead at the moment. They've only won two in their last six. Um, and the rest have been, the rest have been uh, draws, draws or losses. Whereas they, they played seventh place, Urawa Red Diamonds, love that name. Urawa Red Diamonds, quite hard to say as well. Um, <laughs> who they are undefeated in their last, undefeated in their last six. So had all the makings of an upset. Um, but it was at the game. The game finished three all, and it was high. It was a high scoring game with so many chances. I mean, this is a, it was a great advertisement for J League football. Anyway, um, it was just it was just so open. The whole game was so open, but not like one team was like against against the ropes or anything. It was just, and it wasn't all long ball. Both teams had a great philosophy. Um, the player that I found out of that, and it's one for you, Jack, is a is a guy mm. called uh, Takahiro Akimoto. Love it, Charlotte. I don't know if you've if you've heard of him. I'm sure you have. He is literally Japan's answer for Daily Blind. He is class, oh. and he's not a player. Yeah, he is not a player that I look at at all. Like for Charlotte, I'm sure you, you've heard before. Like I I'm looking for your snud wearers, your leg warmers, <laughs> your the, well, the person you basically said. Really, I'm quite gutted. I. I well, quite interested and, and gutted at the same time. I didn't have a player like that, but he is—he's so versatile. These are the positions he played in one game: left back, left mid, centre mid, holding midfielder, all what in one boy. game. Yeah, what a player! He could literally—he's so—he's so smart. Um, I mean, defensively, his tackling was superb. Only a few times in the whole game did he lose his man or he lost the one v one because the actually the strikers for uh, strikers for, and the forwards for Kawasaki are obviously very good. Um, He's so steady. Um, positionally, was fantastic. Like uh, he, he, I, they were playing. So they played both teams. Well, I think I, I can't remember. Like I don't know the formation changes because there were quite a few. But they they started off Ural with a four two three one, and eventually they essentially played a holding midfielder. But we ended up playing with one pivot, and he was just had such a presence about him. Like he was just everywhere. Just one of those guys that always seemed <laughs> to be on the ball, and yeah, just absolutely everywhere. Um, and, it, Japanese and it, all the Japanese daily blend, he is class. Um, and it. like all the other, like the other three, the other three defenders that were there, very confident with the ball, but occasionally did go did go lump ball. Most occasions, um, Akimoto played through the lines, and he just always always looked so calm and confident on the ball, a bit like a Kimmich as well. Like I'm not going to say he's, he's like Kimmich, but similar sort of player. <laughs> I think you just uh, like stealing my yeah, comparisons. Okay. I know it's Marcus to try and get your players <laughs> noticed this week with those references. Uh, I'm going to have to go yeah. one bigger than that. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure you've got the next Pele in the ranks, so. uh, Gareth Bale. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, thought so, thought so. Um, but it's attacking as well. So not just defensively attacking. His overlapping runs were so good, and they just couldn't handle him. He was actually more dangerous than the. Like the left, the left midfielder, left attacking midfielder that was on the pitch, and he was just most balls that were going in were all basically on the money, or was a, a challenging ball. Not one was like spooned, and it was just was high, and it was it, it's just so good, um, and very good in one v one attacking situations as well. So, Love it. 
and he is um you're really it and he's also from left back whatever i don't know i'm gonna have a look what other positions he's taken up but he's the second he's the second highest goal scorer in the club love it so this guy has got so much to his game so much to his game and if you're looking at a value transfer marks have him you could snap up the next (laughs) daily blind 600 pounds it's a good effort. That's actually quite a uh, reasonable value, actually, uh, based on the player I'm looking at. Marco, well played. Um, Jolie, who did you take in? Yeah, so in, co- in contrast to the high-flying teams, uh, <laughs> I took in Hiroshima, the 10th, uh, against rock-bottom Oyota. Oyota? Oyota? <laughs> uh, excuse my bad pronunciation. It's only going to get worse as time goes on, Charlotte. Uh, a 4-1 win for the hosts. Now, what struck me, with some of the stadium names, the particular stadium that Hiroshima play in. I love this. Recently renamed the Mazda Zoom Zoom Stadium. So I don't know <laughs> if that's to do with you know cars or that's because of Zoom and everyone using that in the pandemic. Who knows? But I thought that was quite quite interesting. Uh, so that they have it quite quite a big old stadium around. 36,000, uh, big sort of athletics track, with obviously being empty with, with, with no fans allowed uh, in, in that stadium. So, as I said, 4-1 was the score. One particular player, well, there's only actually three players out of the 22 who started who are actually 23 or under. Um, a couple of quite sort of tidy Brazilians who really sort of uh, caught my attention. Junior Santos, uh, he's called two of the, the four goals. Unfortunately, he's 26. Another player called uh, Isakil, who <laughs> scored. Uh, he is 23, but he's not going to be my man in focus. Actually, somebody, I don't know if you've heard of him, Charlotte, he's called Shunky Hayashi. <laughs> Hayashi. <laughs> Hayashi. Now, is this a player which has crossed your radar? Yes, yeah. yeah. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you're like, just have a quick Google. Who, who's that? I was just going to stick to a surname, surname, Hayashi. Now, he's only 21 years of age. So, without sounding like Marcus, obviously, he's stolen my player comparisons. He plays in a, uh, well, he plays left midfield. So, he was playing in a, um, in a four uh, during this particular game. But he can also play uh, as a left back, which is how FIFA have him down as, as, as a left back. So I was thinking in terms of comparisons, who can play left midfield, who can play left back, who starts as left back, who's now brilliant left, left midfield, of course, it's the one and only Gareth Bale, the hat-trick hero, Gareth Bale, of course, for Wales today. Now, this is a player who, for me, he's got it all. Good going forward. Of course he has. He's, he's, he's got all the trickery. Uh, he tracks back. He's got flair. He, he, he assisted the the, uh, the equalising goal, which got uh, Hiroshima back into the game. Um, and a little bit about him himself. He came through the the youth team, signed there in 2018. He's been there a few years. Um, his contract was recently renewed until 2022. So obviously seeing something in him. Transfer value, same as your player, Mark, six hundred thirty thousand. Uh, which I think is pretty decent. Um, as we said, he's already played for Japan under 19, already played for Japan um, under 20 as well. And I think he is a real star of the future. One to watch, the new, the next the <laughs> Japanese Gareth Bell, uh, which has got me got me thinking. And so I know we've spoken in the quiz about Asian footballers, but in particularly in Japan, um, I'm keen to know everyone's favourite players uh, of all time. So, of course, it goes without saying, mine as a lifelong Southampton fan, is the rock at centre-half, Maya Yoshida, who we greatly miss. Um, what about you, Charlotte? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'd kind of talked about him before. Um, obviously, his nickname, King Kazu, but it's uh, Kazuyoshi Mura. Um, I mean, he's, he's 55, and I mean, he's 
been everywhere. I mean, he, he started off sort of, um, he played his football in Brazil. I can't remember which teams he was at, but he was over there. I think he was only like 18, 19 at the time. Um, he was like the first sort of Japanese player to go abroad. Um, he's had stints, I think, at Genoa. And then he was at, um, obviously, he's most famous for being at Tokyo Verde and Yokohama. But um, I just, for me, like, he's just a legendary player. I mean, the fact that he's still going is just incredible. Um, he has no signs of quitting either. But, yeah, it, I mean, he, he doesn't... He too much on the pitch these days but he's still just a very iconic figure for for japan and japanese um, players and fans as well sounds i mean i mean not just his career like his playing career has currently gone on for 33 more years than mine did i finished at 22 this guy's 55 and he's still playing professional football i can't even get out of bed without something cracking or creaking (laughs) or swelling up and he's playing professional football and he's 55. Is he a grandparent? Does anyone know? Is he got grandkids? I, I think he's just got kids. I don't think he's got grandkids quite as of yet, but yeah. It's actually a joke. Uh, <laughs> what yeah, position, what right. position does he play? Uh, striker. Striker, yeah. Striker. Does he, does he, start, does he start as well? Not really. He's usually brought on as kind of a sub, either sort of towards yeah. the end or like he's, he starts and he's maybe took off by like the 50th, 60th minute. Yeah. That's because when kickoff starts, normally it's nap time. So they just warm him <laughs> up at half time, bring him out for second half once he's woke up, watch Japanese countdown, and then he's in, ready so to there go. Have been, there have been players who have literally could have like played and retired. He's gone basically through two generations of players who had like played, retired, played, like played, retired. That makes sense. But like, he's literally he seen, he's probably seen, he's. Well, he'd have played someone. He might have played with someone when he was eighteen, and is now playing with, like, is now or, or playing grandkids. Now they're yeah, their grandkid or their <laughs> yeah. kid. Yeah, that's that's mental. Yeah, what a bloke! What a bloke! What a, what a bloke! Um, right, well done, Joel. So I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this up. I watched. Um, Sorry, mate, you haven't given me your. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for you and Marcus to give me your your favorite Japanese players. Yes, a bit of nostalgic one going back to childhood dream team days there was one player who come over um to arsenal uh just the nicest looking man you've ever seen and then had a good spell fulham where he's quite good junichi inamoto mm-hmm. what a footballer midfielder really clever number eight really good player actually he didn't really get his breaks in england but you could tell um a really nice player but i picked him for a dream team one year and he got like six points the whole season one carabao cup game but i still <laughs> just love him from that one game still your favorite player yeah mine would be uh mine is i've said it already shinji okazaki he like he's part of that he's part of leicester's leicester's um i mean that 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 seat the 2015-16 season that was obviously the, the the prem premier league winning and he got some important goals but his his job because he only got something like fourteen goals in a hundred games or something like that for Leicester, so it wasn't wasn't like breaking any. It's hard when you play at that time. They played literally lone strike uh, lone striker in Vardy, yeah. And occasionally they occasionally went four four two, and then he would be the other. But his job was just to literally run and just to stop balls from stop the centre halves from playing, and he did it. And he did it with a smile on his face. More importantly, he was yeah. just the happiest hardest working player and deserves every everything he gets in life he's such it seems like such a nice bloke drink drink water had a good that year didn't he having kante to his right and okazaki in front of him in terms of you know protection out of possession yeah 
Absolutely. Got a, got a 25 million pound move and yeah. absolutely whack of a wave went as well so, on the back of went it. Went so he? well. Went so well, didn't <laughs> it? That Chelsea move. Yeah. Yeah. And then he yeah. started, now he started picking fights with under, because he went to these, gone to the under, played for the under 23s last season, started picking fights with under 23 year olds <laughs> in games. <laughs> yeah. He's just gone on loan to Reading, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks, guys. So, yeah, the last game, um, and I'll try and be fairly quick with this. Sagan Tosu, I watched. Uh, they won 1 0 away at Vigalta Sendai. And I was really impressed with Sagan Tosu. They are in fifth place at the moment, but it's joint third. So it's gold if and whether it's head to head, but at the moment they're in fifth. And they only had the one player that was under 23 in their 11, but he was a good one. They have been playing 4-4-2 quite a lot over the past year or so, but fairly recently they've switched it up and gone to a 3-5-2 and it's it's quite, uh, it's an asymmetrical 3-5-2. So what I mean by that is the player I'm focusing on is 20-year-old Ayumu Ohata, who played left centre-half of the back three, but he's only five foot six, playing left side of a back three. But when I say asymmetrical, it's one of those where, um, you know, they they focus their attacks down the left-hand side, his side, and he will overlap the left wing back and the right wing back then tucks in just to provide that sort of protection. They don't really do it on the other side. They, they focus their attacks down his side. And um, similar, I mean, you, you've seen uh, Kieran Tierney do it for Arsenal, playing left side of a back three, um, and then still be able to sort of get round someone. And they do it for Scotland as well with Robertson. But um, Ayumu Ohata is... I mean, he's he's got the second highest XA, which is expected assists for under 23s per 90 minutes in the league. That's behind an attacking midfielder. So take into consideration that everyone could be a striker and attack, you know, number 10, whatever. He's the second highest for the under 23s in there. There's there's, uh, there's about 50 odd or so that, that, that were on um, the search that I did. In terms of weakness, it, it's, it's you know, he's five foot six playing centre half. So it's his aerial duels, won 57% of those, which you can appreciate. But, oh, my God, watching him go forward, his crossing, um, his ability, uh, his crossing ability, but not only that, but the decision making. It's not just that get wide and put a cross into an area. You can see him just have that little look, picks one out and just puts it absolutely sixpence time and time again. It's You look for his best clips and just a lot of them, Oh, just like Leighton Baines-esque, just cross, 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 right on the money. How he's only he's only actually got one assist while being the second highest for expected assists. So his teammates have got some questions to uh, to answer, really, because his numbers should be considerably better. But um, from what I've seen, it doesn't look like he's had much of a youth career within the, the Japanese um, youth levels. So transfer mark to have 180K, so a bit of a breakthrough season, hasn't played too many senior minutes, but... Oh, um, I was really, really impressed with him and provides all sorts of quality down the left side. Um, and if you get a chance to check out the goal in this game, it was just 1-0 and Eduardo, the centre-half, is um, left-footed centre-half. He played in the middle of the three. It's just a, it's a direct free kick. It's absolutely delightful. Just I've never seen someone hit one with the inside of his foot with bend with so much power. The goal it goes down goalkeeper's side and he just stands still and looks to his side and just watches it fly into the, into the top corner. It's, it's, it's really good. Um, so, yeah, all three of us, by the way, lads, um, in terms of uh, me, Joel and Marco, we've all put forward people who can play left back. And we've done about 16 episodes and never mentioned a fullback ever. 
and, and this week we've decided that three to choose from. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> it's good that we yeah. all spoke about the players we were going to talk, yeah, talk about yeah. before we recorded. Well done, chaps. Yeah, so this is this is going to be one of those weeks where if we pitch it to te- to, to Tef's uh, FC to try and get in the eleven, we'll finally pitch three left backs, and then Charlotte's player will get in there, and it's like a, a number ten. And then we've got to make room. Uh, that'd be it. That'd be it. Uh, right. Should we finish off with our fantasy football feature? So um, the rules, as you should know by now, is five players under 23, different teams, choosing them for the weekend ahead. Um, Marcus, do you want to kick us off with who you've got? Yeah, I've got uh, Dazen Maeda for Yokohama. Yeah. Um, I've got uh, Takahiro Akimoto from Arawa. He was my, my guy. Yeah. Uh, Ryo Taro Araki <laughs> from no. Kashima Antlers. It's happening again. Yuki Kobayashi from Vassell. And Ohata, which was your, your team, Jack. Marco, we've got four the same. Ah, uh, really, of course really we have. You're trying to copy me now. Really should discuss. So, are they, I mean, are they all 23? And under, Marco. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what the only one I've got different is I've got um, I've got Ishihara from Shunan Belmare or Belmore. Um, Belmare, I can't remember now. But yeah, I mean, I've got Maeda, Akimoto, Araki, and Ohata. Uh, Joel. Yeah, I think I've got two of those, but I might pronounce them differently. <laughs> 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 so uh, we've got Kento Taki Banana. From Kawasaki, Naoki. You haven't got this player, have you? We all, this always happens. We all. <laughs> no, no, there's always question marks. You. Yeah. Can you okay. say? Can, no, can you great. say that first player again? Yeah, of course I can. Uh, Kento. This is first name. This <laughs> is Taki. <laughs> Taki Banana is Taki Banana. Taki Banana. Is that is that right, Charlotte? I don't I think I'm far off there, am I? As well, and I think it's Chachi Banana, but I could be wrong. Chachi Banana. Well, yeah, that sounds <laughs> more like it. That's, that's pretty close. Uh, <laughs> so I've got three at the back. He's one of the three defenders. Second one, Nike Hayashi from uh, Kashima. Ohata for Tosu. I think that's the one that you, you two have both got. Uh, Shutu, Abi, Abi, <laughs> Tokyo, and uh, Daisen Mahina for Yokohama. So that is my five. Two of the same um, as yours, Marco. And if anyone yeah. wants to just uh, contact us and let us know what the five people you think Joel has picked, uh, that would be great. Because even if we listen back, I think we've just got absolutely no idea. Yeah. I, I don't think the pronunciation is that far off, it. actually. I don't think that far off it, it, compared this to, to previous weeks. Um, so well done. Um, well, I'm not convinced, Charlotte. Let, let's finish with uh, let's finish with again the, the hot favourite for the person to score the most points over, over this weekend. Charlotte, who's your five? Uh, so I went for Zion. Ugh, I can't even say it myself. <laughs> Zion Suzuki, who plays for Urara, he's a goalkeeper. Uh, Daiki Suga, who plays for Sapporo. Uh, Kento Tachibinara for Kawasaki. Uh, Ryotaro Araki for Kashima, and Dyson Maida for Yokohama Marinos. Hmm, two the same. I would have wanted. I mean, if there was someone I wanted four the same at, it wouldn't have been Marco. It would have definitely been Charla. But uh yeah, two. So they those games are going to be played over the 10th and 11th of September. So um that will be uh I think next weekend. So 
that concludes our Japanese podcast. It concludes the podcast with our first special guest. I think I speak on behalf of all three of us where I say, Charlotte, you've been absolutely superb and um, so impressive with your knowledge of Asian football and Japanese football in particular. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, no, I'm I'm really grateful for being asked to come on. I, I've really enjoyed this. Like, I mean, it's good, good, like the trivia and the quiz, and yeah, just being able to sort of talk Japanese football and Asian football, really. Love it, and um, obviously, again, for any listeners um, on this podcast, Charlotte's website is lost in translation. So please go check out some of her work. She's a really good football writer. Uh, anything, Joel, Marcus, you want to end with? I was just going to say that um, <clears throat> certainly I don't know about you, you boys, but I feel a lot more pretty inspired now to watch more Japanese football. Uh, I feel like I've learned a lot. This podcast, the research, there's a lot of good teams out there. Some say young, but some some, some really quite talented players. So especially with the time difference, see if I can cram some more games in to my uh, to my Saturday. I think yeah, I think I need a team. I need to follow someone because if it's going to be on in the you know our time mornings, that's what we're after. Yeah, I don't think I don't think your uh, don't think your wife's going to be too happy when you spend more time watching football. And focusing yeah, that's on a good, that's a good point. Focusing actually, the one. yeah. Do you know what? He's four months, and we just uh, this Saturday just started swimming lessons, so I might not be able to go next Saturday because I'm going to be watching Sagan Tosu play. So. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's right. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. No, um, no. From me, just cheers for cheers for coming. Our first guest, first ever guest. Thank you so much for coming on. No, like I said before, it's been a pleasure coming on. I mean, I've listened to, to all of the podcasts. Um, I, I just I enjoy them a lot. I mean, I know I think in one of your old podcasts you mentioned that you kind of took inspiration from Scouted Football. I absolutely right. love the work that they do. It is just like it's just great. Like you know, obviously you have the trivia, you have the fun, the banter, but then you know you talk about players under the age of twenty three from different leagues and countries. It's it's fantastic. I enjoy listening in uh, for every episode. So thank you for letting me be part of one. <laughs> Charlotte, you're a star. Um, send over your invoice and I'll get that paid to you for those nice comments at the end there. <laughs> and uh, thanks as ever for listening to the Europeanians football show and we will be back next week.